The uh, Torah discusses the parsha of Nazir in this week's parsha, and we know that a Nazir who was mekabel upon himself a higher level of kedusha and precious, when he finishes his naziris, brings a carbon chatos, which is interesting, because he definitely didn't do any avera, he didn't eat chelav b'shaygeg, he didn't eat dam b'shaygeg. So why is it that a Nazir brings a carbon chatos? And we find different reasons. And what is fascinating is that the reasons are mamish diametrically opposed, which is odd, and it shouldn't be that way. On one hand, we find the Gemara telling us that he was tzir that he took upon himself too high of a level, he took upon himself isurim that maybe he wasn't holding by, he was mitzayir atzmei menayayin, he swore off wine, and why are you to do that? HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you wine to enjoy responsibly, not to, not to make Nazirises against, and you went and you turned down what your Benishal made available to you as if you're on a higher level. You and therefore did a shtikal avera, and that is the cause for his carbon chatos. Yet, we find the Ramban, Mamash says the exact opposite thing. The Ramban says that the Tevia on the Nazir, for which he has to bring a carbon chatos, is that the Nazir was holding on such a high level, the Nazir was on such an elevated state, and then he just dropped it and reintegrated into regular mundane society, profane society, that he just ditched his upper level, his higher level, his elevated state, and went back into regular society, shame on you. And for the Nazir, for the Nazir going back and 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 giving up the perch that he had achieved, that he worked hard for, that for that the Nazir has to bring a carbon chattas. And it can't be that the same carbon, the same chattas, the same phenomenon has such diametrically opposed reasons. There has to be some type of symbiosis. There has to be some type of coalescing of these reasons. They have to come together. Perhaps we can say as follows. Everyone knows that life is about dealing with challenges. Anyone that has no challenges is a goldfish in a bowl that gets fed every day and lives his life the exact same as yesterday and then dies. That's not what life is intended to be. Life is intended to be a series of challenges from which we grow and which we become better people and it brings out from us, from within us, who we really are. We tend to view challenges as a series of individual events that are meant to be dealt with, wrapped up, and moved on from. Sort of, lahavdil, like a video game. You're driving, and you have this thing in front of you, you shoot it, it goes away, and then you continue driving. Th- that's not what challenges are meant to be. Challenges are a series of events that are meant to ratchet up a person from one level to another. When a person is faced with a challenge and he deals with it successfully, what that is supposed to do is raise the person's baseline. That although yesterday my baseline was here, I successfully passed this challenge, I dealt with that, my baseline is now higher. It's time to ratchet up expectations. That it used to be tough for me to run a mile in 16 minutes but now I could do it in 15. I don't go back the next day and say, let's see if I could do a 20 minute mile. That's my baseline. 
a 15 minute mile. Can I make it to 13 minutes? Can I make it to 10 minutes? How can I ratchet up my challenges? One is not supposed to go back to his basic baseline. Every time a person succeeds, that becomes his new baseline, and he sees if he can push his frontiers further. And that is how challenges are meant to be. And that is what's going on by a Nazir. When you accepted your Naziris, perhaps it was right, perhaps it was wrong, perhaps you were capable of it, perhaps it was out of your grasp, out of your reach. But one thing is certain, now that you've passed it, now that you've incorporated it, now that you've proved yourself capable, you have a new baseline and we have new expectations of you. And for a person to pass a challenge and then go back to his old life and go back to his old baseline, that is definitely a hate. And that is perhaps how we could view this different views of what the Chattas of another was, yes, the same person can be admonished for accepting the challenge, yet be held responsible for maintaining the level achieved during that challenge. A person is supposed to grow from challenges and not go back to the same baseline. And that is the message of Nazir. That a person is not just stationary, dealing with challenges as they come along. A person ratchets up his baseline every challenge. And that is perhaps the explanation for the Ibn Ezra, the famous Ibn Ezra, that says the Lashen Nazir comes from a Lashen Nazir. A Nazir is the same Lashen as a crown. The word Nazir is a unique word in the Torah. Says the Ibn Ezra, it means the word we know, Nazir, a crown. What is a crown? A crown is something a teeny bit above your head. The crown is what is a little bit beyond you, a little bit past you, a little bit ahead of you. And as a person becomes a Nazir, he raises his baseline and what he thought was beyond his grasp, what we thought was above his reach, above his head, now becomes part of him. He now assumes the crown. A Nazir, by rising the level, raising the level, meeting the challenge, raises his height, raises his ceiling and now becomes that crown and now becomes a new baseline. And this is perhaps the explanation of the verb the Torah uses when a person makes a neder. Ish ki yafli. The verb of making a neder is lashen yafli. What is lashen yafli? It's a wonder, I know that. But what does that mean? What is yafli? Well, the Ramah tells us in the beginning of our Echayim that the word mafli la'asais, HaKadosh Baruch when he made the human body, did a mafli la'asais. He did a plea. He was mafli. In which way, explains the Ramah, that the body is a synthesis of Ruchnius and Gashmius. We have two directions in which we're pulled. We're pulled to our very, very physical, earthy side, and yet we have a pull to the higher calling, to that of a Ruchnius Dika calling. If a person is able to convert his Gashmi and to inch up and to ratchet up and to move the needle ever so slightly from being totally meshubed to his Gashmi to being somewhat attentive to his Ruchni, that is Mafli says. The plea, the Mafli of Naziris is the ability to ratchet oneself and become less dense, less meshubed to one's Gashmi and more in tune with one's Ruchni. That is Mafli says. And finally, the Gemara in Brachas tells us, if a person sees an elephant appeal in a dream, it can mean one of two things. If that elephant is saddled, it's a wonderful thing. 
In fact, Pella Nasale, a mafli, a wonder, a plea will happen to him. If he sees many saddled elephants, Pile Ployim Nasale, wonders of wonders will happen with him. Once again, the word plea, but if he sees an unsaddled elephant, it's bad news in a dream. If a person sees an unsaddled elephant, it's a bad dream. What's the pshat? Kenzine, this is the pshat. Rabbi Kenyevsky says in his parish to Parakshira that an elephant is the single biggest specimen of Gashmias on earth. An elephant is a wonderful, marvelous, exceptionally huge piece of Gashmias. It does not get any more Gashmi than an elephant. If a person is able to saddle that elephant, Kenzine, we can say, if a person is able to saddle that elephant, to take that beast of Gashmias, that incredible beast of Gashmias, and saddle it, that's what it means, pile ployim nasale. The plea of an elephant that is saddled is the same plea of mafli laasais, of the Asher Yotzar, is the same plea of Ishki Yachli, Linder Neder Nozer Lahazer Lashem. If a person can take his Gashmias and ratchet it ever so slightly to a new plateau, to a new level, and move that needle from being always 100% Meshubit to Gashmi, to being somewhat attentive to his Ruchni, that is a plea and that is a good sign in a dream. Chabas.